0: Welcome to the Coming Clean Podcast with your host, Bye, Peter boy. O. Estibus. Get hey, a dash in my position, you will never last, nah. For over 25 years, entrepreneur, speaker, and CEO, Peter O. Estevez has built businesses all over the world, and today, he shares his experiences, failures, and successes along the side of some of the most sought-after thought leaders to help you pave your way to success. Please welcome to the show, your host, Peter O. Estevez. Oh, I had get it fast. I hit a dash in my position, you never last, nah, real talk, I had to get it fast. Hello
1: and welcome to a new episode of Come and Clean Podcast. This is your host, Peter O. Estevez. Thank you so much for being with us today and thank you for supporting us each and every week. Before we get started, I want to invite you to please go to my site, uh, comeandcleanpodcast.com and register to receive the first chapter of my upcoming book, From Lies to Riches. It is going to be available within the next 90 days. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for uh, doing so in advance. And now our guest is none other and the world's top expert on elite performance. He is a go to guy to billionaires, world elite, and superstars. And he's the author of some of my favorite books, that includes The Leader Who Had No Title, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, and of course, my personal favorite, The 5 a.m. Club. Thank you so much and welcome our guest, Mr. Robin Sharma. I thank you. Hello, Robin, and welcome to Coming Clean Podcast. Thank you for being with us today do you know, it's a pleasure have, thank you I have followed you for a long long time and I have a lot of respect love and admiration for you you are poetic and you're a uh, an, an incredible influence throughout the world uh, from from being the go-to person to billionaires the worldwide League and superstars thank you for being with us today
0: it's really a pleasure and uh, you know your whole story and everything you're doing is very inspiring to me so as I mentioned, uh, how, could I, how could I not accept this invitation? Thank you.
1: Thank you for your kind words. You know, Robin, I want to start with something. You're, you're an elite performers expert, but there was something that caught my attention about you the other day that really that really uh, I want to key on today because I think that the times that we're living on today, uh, they're trying times for a lot of people across the world. And we have a difficult time, a lot of times, believing in ourselves. Uh, but you talked about self-love. Where does cell love come in for an elite performer?
0: Well, I, you know, I got to tell you, I've done so many podcasts. I, no one's ever started like that. And I, and I love it um, because I think it's really the foundation. I think in many ways we have this ecosystem, Peter, where we get this negative messaging. You know, it starts with our parents. They're well-intentioned, but we pick up their limiting beliefs and then it goes to school and then the media and the world around us. And then we we end up with this way of seeing the world through a stained glass window, to use Joseph Campbell's metaphor, which is we don't see reality. We see it through all this, all this toxicity and all this fear and all this doubt that we pick up. And I think the real reason we don't see who we are and own our potential and change the world in our own way is because we don't believe in ourselves. And underneath that layer of dis, disbelief, is as you're suggesting it's self-loathing and that's why you know i really believe the job of transformation is simply self-remembering so as we learn to i think the doorway into self-love is self-care and i don't mean self-care you know it's only meditating and praying self-care is making sure that people don't walk all over you making sure that if someone is mistreating you, you elegantly and respectfully stand up. Self-love, self-care happens when we follow our joy and do the things that we think are amazing for us and that set our soul aflight, even if the whole world thinks we're crazy. And so the more we can care for ourselves and take really good care of ourselves, the more we love ourselves. And with greater self-love, we handcraft the kinds of lives that make us proud at the end. Absolutely, and you actually talked about the four truths uh, of, of of personal growth or self love,
1: which you described them as uh, as being your special your specialness, doing the heart dance, going to the woods, and the more people that help, the more people you help, the more you love. So tell us about each one of those, and how do how do we
0: apply those in our daily lives? Roger. Sure. Well, well, you know, I'll say going to the woods. That's that's literal, and it's also a metaphor i think literally you know yesterday i'm working on a new book right now so I, i just i finished actually the last chapter uh and i just you know i just felt so exhausted and so depleted and i headed out to the woods you know uh just where i ground and come back to life but i think metaphorically this is a noisy world right now and it's a very troubled world right now and it's a scary world right now and there's a lot of suffering And so I think we have to work on ourselves so our access of power comes from within versus from the outer world. And so the metaphor of going to the woods is basically being in the world, but not of the world and being in the wilderness of sorts. Um, One of the other techniques or or truths of self-love is is helping other people. And it sounds so obvious, but I think it's practiced in the breach right now. You know, a lot of people are, it's all about, the greed and themselves and we, we're living very much in a culture of entitlement and I think we have to press the pause button and I think that's one of the blessings of what we're going through we're slowing down
1: absolutely I believe that the 2020 has given us an opportunity to pause and be able to reconstruct ourselves revalue ourselves take a self-inventory and realize the things that are working that things are not working so it's it's been an incredible time for me personally to be able to apply the things that many of our great leaders have taught us, but applying them differently and shifting and changing them and pivot them around them and 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 uh, and seeing what works and what doesn't work and discarding the things that does, that, that do not work. Robert, that takes Robert that takes me right back to your to your book, one of my favorite books, uh, which I happen to have right here, the Five A.M. Club. I love I love the way uh, so poetically the way you share that story uh, and, and and the way you took us there. But let's talk about the five a.m. club, and and I'm gonna oh, ask yeah. you a question that you've probably been asked before. But what is the five a.m. club for the audience that do not know what it is, and what did you do before the five a.m. club? What. Well,
0: Uh, What was the second part of the question, Peter? What did you do as far as your rituals before the 5 a.m. club? Sure. So uh, the 5 a.m. club is a method I've been teaching for over 20 years. I've talked to a lot of, uh, you know, the clients that I work with, the uh, NBA athletes, the film stars, the, the titans of industry. Because I think, you know, your morning routine is the mother of all habits. If you can do one thing to upgrade every other habit... You know it's called a keystone habit the one habit that lifts every other habit it's getting up before the sun and so if you can and then in the book there's the 20 20 formula which is really a prescription for starting your days not only with uh incredible focus heightened productivity but also a lot of soulfulness because success without soul is a very empty victory so yeah that's the 5am club it's essentially Training yourself for a period of 66 days, which according to the research of University College London, 66 days is approximately the time it takes a human being to wire in any new habit to the point of autom- automaticity, where it actually becomes easier to get up at 5 a.m. or do the new habit than not to do the new habit. You know, Human beings say, well, I can't get up at 5 a.m. I can't rise before the sun. Too many of us want the rewards of world class, but we're not willing to invest in the requirements of world class. So what I would say to anyone is give yourself 66 days and realize how powerful you are. The human human brain brain has this phenomenon of neuroplasticity. We're meant for change. We all can join the 5 a.m. club. The question is, are we willing to exercise our human power to install that habit, which will change the life? What do you do before 5 a.m.? Well, you're sleeping, you know, until four four forty five, and that's your runway. You get up, you you know, do what you need to do, and then five o'clock, you you start the twenty 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 formula. I get very detailed into it in the book, but if you want, I can get into it at a high level now. Yes, please, absolutely, sure. So the twenty 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 formula is essentially five to five twenty. You move, and why would you move? Because that's going to release. You're going to sweat. If you're skipping, you know, spinning, running. And and by the way, I have to say, Nelson Mandela, while he was in Robben Island for 18 years uh, in this little prison cell, he'd get up at 5 a.m. every day and he'd do push ups and he'd run on the spot.
1: Wow.
0: So if he could do it, I don't think we have a lot of excuses. Anyway, wow. first pocket of the 2020 20 formula, 5 to 520, you want to sweat. It'll release bdnf which is brain derived neurotrophic factor it's not only the 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 elite athletes that have this we all have this bdnf will um increase neurogenesis it will increase your brain's processing ability you'll uh through your exercise you'll release dopamine which will give you more inspiration we all need that right now it'll release serotonin which makes you feel better and it'll release uh, norepinephrine through exercising in that first 20 minute pocket which gives you more focus Second pocket of the 2020 20 formula, 520 to 540, you reflect in a world where we don't really reflect a lot. So that way you live your day much more deliberately, much more intent, intently. Uh, and reflection could mean you journal, you pray, you meditate. Or you simply sit in solitude and reflect on how you're living, the values you want to live by, what you need to improve, and what you want your life to stand for. Then you go out in the world, you're far more clear, and clarity precedes mastery. And then the final pocket is 540 to 6 o'clock, this is where you grow. I mean, growing is the gateway into world class, isn't it? So you can listen to a podcast like yours, Peter. You can read a book. I love reading. You know, I encourage everyone, read a terrestrial book an old school book one hour every day because it'll deepen you as a thinker so you read you listen to a podcast listen to an audiobook now it's six o'clock you've calibrated your mindset you've worked on your heart set that interior empire i talked about in the book you've activated and optimized your health set your physical dimension so you have energy and you've worked on your soul set so you've connected to your higher power
1: Now let me ask you a question, Robert. Why five o'clock? Why not six o'clock? Why not seven o'clock? Why not four o'clock? Why five o'clock?
0: Well, you know, I think there's a reason, Peter, why the great sages, the great seers, a lot of the great poets, a lot of the great business builders, they all rose before the sun. Six o'clock is fine. It's better than eight o'clock to rise. But 5 a.m. is the time of greatest quietude in this age of dramatic distraction the the sages of india actually say there's something about the energy in the air between four and six and i think i think there's some truth to it there's an energy it's probably because of the tide and the moon but you know you get up at 5 a.m there's a stillness in the air that i've never found at any other time of the day also A relatively recent scientific finding is the brain has a mechanism that washes itself. And so we wake up at 5 a.m., the brain has washed itself, we've rested, so we've sort of released the residue of the day before, so what I'm suggesting is we've purified ourselves, and so at 5 a.m., I think prayer is deeper, autosuggestion is more influential, Reading a holy book or a great autobiography impacts us and influences us more. Writing in a journal has more traction and stickiness. I just think 5 to 6 a.m., what I call in the 5 a.m. club, the victory hour. I think that is the most powerful thing anyone can do if they're serious about upgrading their, uh, their creativity, productivity, prosperity, and impact.
1: And I completely agree with you, uh, Robin. I've been doing this for many, many years. I didn't know I was doing the 5 o'clock the 5am the club. I, I didn't know that I was doing that. I knew for a long time that, you know, coming from a very um, humble beginnings, you know, I was taught to get up early, you know, and, and, and you get up, you, it, it, but very early on, I didn't have the rituals or the disciplines that enabled me to have the clarity and the peace and the stillness within me. You know, I would get up in a rush, do a quick run, head out to the office, I was taught to believe by my father uh, and, and others and, 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 and the multiple layers, generational layers of belief that I was that I inherited, that you work hard and that's the only way you succeed. But there was there was almost a, a, a chaotic cycle of life that I was involved in. You know, uh, I would drive fast. I would uh, pass a red line. I was uh, speed. I would there was no stillness within me which I noticed after I started listening to people like yourself, Robin, to people like Tony Robbins and to other great, um, great motivational, influential speakers that I started picking up those habits, and I saw and I realized the stillness in my life. I have realized the importance of being able to develop certain rituals and certain dis- disciplines, and, of course, I had to apply them throughout my life, and now I le- live a very peaceful, quiet, productive life that gives me not only a sense of stillness and a sense of peace, but allows my life just to go almost into a state of flow. And that's what I realized. And I'm comparing I'm comparing your 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 five 5 a.m. club to, to I just had Stephen Kotler on the podcast the other day, and, and he talks about the state of flow. And it's the same thing, it's the same disciplines over and over and over and over. Why is it for us human beings that is so difficult for us to believe that something so simple can gives us the success? The peace, and tranquility that we need.
0: Well, <clears throat> I think it's it's because we we have been we have been schooled in becoming impossibilitarians. We have lost. We have been trained to lose the awe and wonder that is our natural state. We've been conditioned to forget that we're really made of stardust. And I'm not saying that to be inspirational. You look at the science. I mean, in the 5 a.m. club, I actually deconstruct flow. And I don't know if you've heard the term probably knowing you you, you have Peter, but it's called transient hypofrontality. Yes. And transient hypofrontality, transient is short, of course. Hypo means uh smaller, frontality. Transient hypofrontality is the brain's phenomenon uh, where the the, uh, prefrontal cortex which is the seat of reasoning actually shuts down for a short period of time so we get out of that monkey mind we get out of that self-editor where we're going what's happening you know that fight flight freeze response where there's no magic there's no flow in that and we actually go deeper and we release this pharmacy of uh, mastery And our brain was actually slow down from beta to alpha, even down to theta. And the the great thing is we all have this mechanism in our brain. We all can live in flow state. A lot of the 5M club teaches, how do you live in flow? The thing is, we we become addicts. You talk about rushing through the light and rushing. How many people are rushing through their lives? Yeah. And I think, I'm going to go back to an incredible quote by French mathematician Blaise Pascal, and he said, most of a person's miseries derive from their inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Yes. And so I think fundamentally, we're going to circle back to that self-love thing. Most of us hate ourselves because we've betrayed ourselves. We've betrayed our calling. We've betrayed our potential. We've betrayed our promise. We've become cyber zombies following the crowd wearing clothes to show off and get likes a lot of people it's a generalization I'm not being disrespectful I'm just trying to report on that kind of way of living dishonoring your talents by not by spending all your time watching tv or playing with your phone dishonoring your calling by saying yeah I want to go live in Colombia or I want to go live in Japan and I want to be an artist but you know I need to do this to please my parents or the world around me that dishonors us we have these values we, we all want to be kind we all want to be honest we all want to be selfless we all want to be giving but we betray those those values and the more we do that we develop this self-hatred and we forget our stardust and that prevent, and that causes us to run from ourselves and that's so we get home we can't be alone we've got to be like this We always have to be escaping. So that's why I think we avoid the flow state. And then you mentioned another thing, which is I think you're very wise to live your life in a calm, peaceful way. You know, less is actually more. There's a model in the 5am club, the twin cycles of elite performance, the best artists, the best titans, the best entrepreneurs, the best athletes, they don't work 24 seven. That's only a recipe to exhaust your assets of genius. The the way to exponential productivity is you work really hard for a short period of time. I call it the five great hours rule. Five incredible hours during the day. Sweaty, undistracted, incendiary hours. And then after that, you go take a nap, you go mountain bike, you go read, and the next day you do the same thing. So this idea where we need to hustle and grind and exhaust ourselves as badges of honor, I think it, it's, it's um, I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's good for our soul, but I, don't, but I don't think it's the best way to be productive because we're so exhausted. We're not pushing our masterwork into the world. Robin, what comes first?
1: sell love or the 5am club or, with, or, or are they intertwined?
0: Do you find one when you find the other? Well, I think at our core, we, we already have self-love. It's just, you know, that's why I really believe personal transformation isn't about transformation. It's about remembering ourselves. We, we already, everything we want, we already have. We've just forgotten who we, we are. Absolutely. We keep running away from, from ourselves into ourselves. that's exactly right the real the real enemy is not without it's within yes right so i think we are self-love we've just forgotten and we've covered it up with all these beliefs but it's not only mindset it's it's those three other interior empires i introduce in the book heart set health set and soul set and that's very important because we're not just our psychology human beings are not just our minds we've got the second interior empire our hearts our emotionality after our psychology and our physicality and our spirituality. And I think if you really want to live a soaring life, productive life, as well as a peaceful life, all four interior empires are necessary to work on. So is it 5 a.m. or self-love? I think our base already is self-love. I think we all need a ritual or a practice to help us remember self-love. You look at an NBA athlete, they have the talent, but they have to maximize the talent or optimize the talent. So they, they practice and that's what ma- materializes their talent. If that makes sense, we already are self-love. We've been traumatized through what I call macro or micro trauma to forget our self-love the 5am club and the victory hour and the 2020, formula is the pr- practice that will it, reintroduce you to who you are, which is self-love, great creativity, energy, vitality, and heroism. So it is in the still
1: of the morning. It is in the still of ourselves that we find ourselves and we find ourselves. Basically what you're
0: saying. I think so. I think, I think you're right. I think if we, if we could only stop running from ourselves. Right. And, and being too, too of the world and start to, to find the open the gateway not into the garden in the backyard but into our into our minds our hearts our souls we would we would discover a universe that is so much brighter blissful enchanting inspirational than even the most beautiful painting on in the outer world and by the way i have to ask you about the painting behind you—is that yours or incredible?
1: It, 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 it is my painting. It's Oscar Hernandez. It's a Cuban-born uh, artist out of Miami, and um, I acquired that painting, um, you know, because it kind of reminds me of me. Believe it or not, is is you know a, a a a aging gentleman that is still wants to have fun in life. You know, there still wants to skateboard, that still wants to paint, that still wants to be creative, but but I want to be free. I want to be free from my demons. I want to be free from the entanglements, the historical social conditioning that I inherited. And you know my story. Uh, and and, and as, as, as you know, it took a lot of peeling of the onion to be able to remove that and feel like that painting. And today I do. Today I
0: do. Uh, do you? Let me ask you, if, if I may, Peter. Absolutely. Do you, do you feel that every day? Do you feel that peace every day?
1: No, I don't. No, I don't. And it's a very. Neither good point. do I. It is a very good question, Robin. Because you know, you said it a minute ago. Um, it's something that we have to continuously do. We have to continue working on it. I think self love, happiness, joy, freedom. It's a muscle. It's a muscle that we have to practice every day. You know, and I think we zero ourselves out the minute that we stop doing the practices. I know when I'm out of balance. Mm-hmm. You know when I'm out of balance. When I'm not doing my rituals, when I'm not into prayer, when I'm not into meditation, when I'm not practicing my 5 a.m. club, uh, you know, rituals, uh, I I like to call them rituals because I think a ritual is something that you do instinctively without feeling any effort, any sacrifice uh, of doing it. You enjoy what you do. You know, I I, I did it this morning and I, I went a little bit deeper because I wanted to have clarity to be able to have this conversation with you. Okay. So of course, no, I don't have that every day. But I have to continuously be be working at it, but I can tell you that I have it more often than not.
0: Yeah, that's you're very honest. I appreciate the truthfulness and I would say the same thing. I I would say um I'm I'm a work in progress. Some days are amazing and some days the lifting is a little heavier. Sure. But I've but I've come so much farther. I have a long way to go, but I've come so much farther than I was 20 years ago. And I think, I think that's, I think that's, that's the journey. It's, I believe every day we work on ourselves, there is a payoff, whether it's a visible payoff or an unseen payoff. Sure. Right. Uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, a mind once once exposed to a new idea never regains its original dimensions. One new idea creates a micro-improvement in our mind or our heart, our body, or our spirit. and it's so small, we can't see. And that's why too many people give up. You know, consistency is the mother of mastery. It's not what you do once a year that's important. It's what you do every single morning. So we can't see it. And often we think we're not improving, but you know, slow and steady does win the race. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot of attractions in the world, business building and external things and accumulating. And, but I think the greatest journey a human being could ever be on is the journey into exploring What they're made of, you know, remembering their gifts and their talents, uh, discovering their truest virtues and how they want to live a life. I mean, I, I I read a lot of the stoic philosophers, especially Marcus Aurelius in the meditations. And it just every time I read, he reminds me that life is such a very short ride. And even the great kings who worried so much about monuments being made after them are now just dust. And so I think that always gives me a great sense of clarity about what's most important. Because we all get confused, you know, or I'll speak for myself. It's easy to get confused and off track. And I think this journey that you and I are speaking of about remembering who we are, it's the greatest journey that a human being could ever be on.
1: Absolutely. And you know, to your point about about I, I the one thing that I have uh, admired, respected about you, is that poetic sense of being that you y- you have an old world soul. You often refer you refer to great philosophers and great historians, and even when you share, even when you when you speak on on your on your uh, uh, your, your your coaching, uh, you, you, you speak poetically and, and you reference a lot of. Uh, a lot of people in history, which almost paints a story, and, and I think it's in that story that we evolve, that we change, because we are able to take, we personalize that individual that we're describing, right? And that allows us to escape from ourselves and into that story, and, and it also gives us a reality check, because it tells us, well, I am this, but I'm not that.
0: Does, does, does that make sense? Well, it sure, it sure does make sense, and I think... As human beings and as a human species, we've learned wisdom through stories. And we've learned wisdom through being introduced to heroism. And I think what the planet lacks right now is uh, we need more pure heroes. You know, we need, Peter, my life changed about uh, four years ago uh, when I stood in Nelson Mandela's prison cell. I took the ferry over from Cape town. I, you know, got on a the little bus. I went to the section of the prison where he was held with other political prisoners. I walked down the corridor, you know, with that sort of white, austere and institutional lighting, made the corner and walked into his prison cell. And all you could see was, a desk and uh, a woolen blanket on the floor, not even a bed. And he spent uh, 18 years of 27 years of confinement in that little tiny prison cell. You know, he he even said his greatest regret was when his eldest son died in a car accident, they the the warden would not allow him to leave the prison to attend his son's, his son's prison. Mm -hmm. Right. And his son's funeral. And yet when uh when he was released and eventually became the president of south africa he actually tracked down the lawyer who the prosecutor who wanted the death sentence for him took him out to dinner and the prison guard who watched over him all those years was sitting in uh near the front row at his inauguration he was asked why would you do that and he said if i didn't do that i'd still be in prison and and i I really do think that you know we need more heroes like that, because heroes and stories remind us of the pure things I think we're all longing for. You know, I just I, I I think I think we all want more love in the world right now. I think we all want more decency. I think we all want less superficiality. I think we all want more heavyweight conversations. You know, and uh, I think with the right heroes, we're going to get back there. I think right now, a lot of what's going on in the world is just it's I I think we need the rug to be pulled out from under us as human beings for us to wake up again.
1: You know, uh, I, I completely agree with you. But in that process, in that process, there's a lot of collateral damage being done. You know, there the 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 underground effects of corona, the underground effects of, of 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 what's happening behind doors when we are being confined to our homes, you know, me coming from being a victim of child abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, uh, a dysfunctional behavior, um, a, a dysfunctional environment, um, you know, uh, alcohol use and, and addiction is up 30 uh, percent, you know, th- th- there's just so much collateral damage. What can we tell those families that they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel today? What can we tell them, Robin, to encourage them that this too shall pass? I know it's a lot easier for us to say it because we have conditioned ourselves over the years to be able to deal with adversity, but there's a lot of people that this is their first major adversity. This is their first major challenge. They may have been in a continuous cycle of survival but this is a chalk wave. This is a wave of despair. This is a wave of desperation. What would be the words that you could tell them today, Robin, that would help them have some kind of hope at, or uh, uh, that they will be lying at the end of the tunnel?
0: You know, Peter, if, if someone isn't interested in hearing what I have to say, I'm not going to, I wouldn't say anything. I don't know if I expressed that clearly. What I mean to say is if someone doesn't want to hear the philosophy of the opportunities that adverse adversity brings, then I wouldn't say anything to them. If someone comes to me or comes to us and says, how can we make sense of this? I'm suffering. Then I would say, those who suffer the most grow the best. You know, I've suffered a lot in my life as well and i wouldn't wish what i've gone through on anyone but i wouldn't i wouldn't give up my suffering for anything because it, it's made me who i am my suffering has introduced me to spirituality i'm not talking about religion i'm talking about genuinely understanding yourself and your higher power suffering has introduced has cracked my ego suffering has made me so much more creative suffering has given me much more of a sense of self versus, you know, I don't really need to worry too much about my critics or haters because you know, my relationship with myself has become stronger. So I think suffering is a great purification process and suffering. you know, hardship is how we grow. That's how much life loves us. I think metaphysically speaking, life loves us so much. It's given us this incredible hardship because it's, it's in, it's in very, it's tough seas make strong sailors. Hard times make great heroes. Nelson Mandela wouldn't be Nelson Mandela, but for his suffering, Rosa Parks wouldn't be Rosa Parks or Martin Luther King jr. Or i last night I just watched uh, radioactive Madame Curie. She was this, um, this scientist who discovered radium and she just went through so much suffering, but it made her who she is. And so I'd say, you know, it's counterintuitive, but if you're, we're suffering a lot at some level, try to stay in the suffering because a bad day for the ego is a great day for the soul. And so the ego says, oh, this is a bad time. We can't go to restaurants, et cetera. And yes, there's real suffering. People are dying, massive unemployment. You know, I didn't know that statistic about alcoholism and addiction. There's real suffering. We're all suffering through the collective trauma we're going through. And yet we have an egoic self and a heroic self. And our heroic self is that bastion and fortress of truth within us. And the truthful wisest self knows we're being taken to a better place there's nothing but hope on the other side of this now i i think if you wanted me to go macro i think our species is going through an incredible revolution transformation all of us everything that we weren't looking at emotionally spiritually even our belief systems everything's being activate it so we have a choice we can say oh this is a bad time let me rush out or we can use and leverage everything that's going on and making us feel so shaken and look at our shakenness and heal it so when we come out of this we're fundamentally transformed absolutely agree robin the,
1: the the weather changes right nature changes constantly it's evolving it's changing it's growing the shit, yes. you know, the the, the trees shit their leaves. So it's it's a constant process of growing transformation. And as, uh, if we were students of nature, we would we would we would learn that, right? We would appreciate that. So I, the, I I I love what you just finished, Sharon. Thank you, thank you so much for that. Tell me a little bit more about the four interiors, uh, empires, and how do we balance those on a daily basis? Is that also a balance of the four interiors uh, through the Five Iron Club, or is that something that we do separately?
0: Well, I think the four interior empires, what, what readers of the 5M Club have told me is that it's uh, a completely breakthrough concept for them. And the four interior empires are some essentially this. There's the, uh, the four of them, there's mindset, heart set, set, and soul set. We know a lot about mindset. There's many very, very good mindset gurus in the world. And what many of them say is mindset is everything. They say that once you change your mindset, you'll change your life and your performance and your productivity. With great respect, I would say there's actually more to the personal mastery equation because our mindset is our psychology. And Peter, I think you'd agree with me. A human being is more than a psychology. Absolutely. Do we not have hearts? Yes. Do we not feel? Yes. Do we not feel shame, disappointment, yes. anger, sorrow? Do we not feel joy, wonder, awe, gratitude? Yes. So there's mindset, which is our psychology, but I've also introduced this term heart set, which is your emotionality. But it's not just those two. We also have physical dimensions, our bodies. That's our health set. And then we have spiritual lives, we have souls. We have a connection to a higher power. We have an, an internal hero that is our wisdom and our bravery. And that's our soul set. Four interior empires. Mindset, heart set, health set, soul set. And I believe in my philosophy that it's not—it's only when you work on those four interior empires. I think the best time to do it is from five to six every morning while the rest of the world is asleep. And the method I talk about in the book the 2020 formula that actually touches and helps you upgrade each of those four interior empires so that you're increasing your mindset, you're purifying your heart set. And that's really important because you can know all the productivity strategies. You can architect a great life, set you up for maximum performance. But as John Kabat-Zinn, the Zen master said, wherever you go, there you are. And I think this is an incredibly important point. People read all these books, they learn all these outer strategies, and then they wonder why they don't get up at 5 a.m., why they sabotage themselves, why they start making some money and then spend it all, why they finally find the love of their lives and give it up, while they finally reach their Mount Everest and start drinking too much or falling on into all these addictions. It's because they've worked on their outer life, but they still are full of shame or anger, or disappointment, or as you said, self-hatred. And that, I think, is why the Foreign interior empires are so powerful. Clean out yourself, work on yourself, and then you, your outer life, your income and your impact always follows your self-identity. So work on your self-identity. Robin, what are you working on today? Well, I'm... Thanks for asking. I am, as, as I shared, I uh, finished this round of my new book yesterday and uh, I started it 11 months ago. So the whole year has been like, I've been grounded. Usually I travel a lot for keynote presentations and plus I, I love being in interesting places because it fuels my, my inspiration, but I've been grounded like, like all of us and the benefit to that has been, it's allowed me a monomaniacal focus on this new book. And so I think this is probably my 15th round on the book and, you know, yeah, I just spent the past two and a half weeks reviewing revising the whole thing again. And like just another heavyweight edit, but I want this to be just, you know, I want this, my intention, I think intentions are very creative and important. I want this new book to be a piece of magic, you know? So every line I'm calibrating, every time I get an insight, I just try to put it in and a, you know, I just, I want it to be, I want it to be something really beautiful for people. So that's really consumed me and inspired me and exhausted me this year. But I think I'm probably about six weeks away from handing the book to Harper Collins and saying, it's off my plate.
1: So when does it come out? Do do we, do we have a release date yet?
0: Sometime in 2021. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not like the five M club is, as you know, it's, it's a story about these, these four eclectic characters. And when I say eclectic, you know, I think of Mr. Riley, that, quirky billionaire and i think of the spellbinder but this new book is i'm getting back to non you know nonfiction fiction it's just it's a lot of it's part memoir i'm sharing a lot of my story including pictures and uh, parts of my journal and then ideas on leadership productivity creativity and then i go to spirituality so it's it's going to be a, a a quirky untraditional kind of a book
1: And where can people find you today, Robert? What can we see your
0: your cooking uh, lessons? My cooking lessons, yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm working on my bucatini al limone these days, Peter. Uh, Another benefit of lockdown, if we're looking for the benefits. Um, I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's just at robinsharma, S H A R M A dot com. And anyone who wants, I don't know if you read my book, The Greatness Guide, but I'm giving away the audiobook, no charge whatsoever. So the complete audiobook, they just need to go to my profile on Instagram and click on the link, and they'll be able to get full access to the entire audiobook, no charge. Yeah, I have a podcast, it's called The Mastery Sessions, it's on YouTube. Very rich value uh i don't i don't even do ads so that's again on youtube just they can search the mastery sessions and robin Sharma, and anyone who wants to read or, or get uh, the 5 a.m club they can um and i should mention at the end of the 5 a.m club there's a 66 day video based training program no charge whatsoever so they not only get the 5 a.m club which you know so many people are finding transformational thank you peter uh, but they also get any reader gets free access to the 66 day program again the link is the details are at the end of the 5 M club book uh so the audiobook which people are loving the audiobook you can get it at audible and the 5 M club as a regular book is on uh amazon and in bookstores around the world
1: what is your handle on on, uh,
0: instagram uh robin it's uh at robinsharma.com.
1: the incredible robin sharma Thank you,
0: thank you. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you for showing. Peter, it's been super, super real and super fun. Thank you. Thank you so much. my position. You talk talk. vibing with a Thanks for joining us today on another episode of the Coming Clean podcast. Make sure to join Peter and his next guest on a brand new episode as we continue changing and impacting lives across the world. Share this episode with a friend, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Oh, I had to get it Hit dash in my position. You would never let nah, real talk. I had to get it mo. real talk. Now I'm
1: vibing with. A-